This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Audio describer JJ Hunt in here to talk a little travel with us, which allows you and I and everybody on board to get some real interesting pictures. JJ, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? All right. Feel like traveling, though. I'm going to tell you that. (laughs) Got the travel boots on. Here we go. I'm going to just wind up the time machine here. Here we go. We're going to go back, 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 back in time with JJ as we travel back to Cappadocia, Turkey. And I think I'm saying that right, I believe. JJ, welcome. And thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Cappadocia, Cappadocia, Cappadocia. I've heard it pronounced lots of different ways. I'm not actually Turkish, so I don't really know how it's pronounced. But yeah, the colors that are out there in Ontario right now, it's not this isn't the most vibrant season that we've ever had in the with the reds and the and the yellows and those like the really coppery colors, the deep rich oranges, the golden yellows. It's not the the most vibrant fall we've ever had Mm -hmm. uh, here in Ontario. But still, those colors, those the the leaves turning with some green left on uh, in the evergreen those colors reminded me of of the fall that i spent in turkey when i backpacked there a long time ago in the in the late 1990s so some of my uh my memories are a little bit a little bit foggy <laughs> but going i got to flip through my photos and go back uh and, and try and remember those times uh and yeah the, the colors the landscape of course totally different but the fall colors are, are very much the same yeah, of that region the, the... Though your your memories aren't as vivid as the colors. So you want to talk about the landscape first so we can get the picture? Yeah, it's just this landscape is really... I mean, it's surreal. Uh, so this landscape in the central region of Turkey, it, it's it's quite magical. The, the the plateau is pierced by several volcanic peaks, and eons ago, those volcanoes covered the land with ash, and over time, that ash became relatively soft sedimentary rock. And the volcanoes that were spitting up that ash were also spitting up chunks of much harder rock. And what happened is over millions of years, erosion turned the land into a very strange place. The soft and sed- the soft sedimentary rock erodes really quickly, but the harder boulders, those erode more slowly. So the, f- the, the shapes that took place in this landscape were these boulders would protect the area of sedimentary rock directly beneath. And so you'd get these strange rock formations beginning to emerge. Sometimes they're called fairy chimneys or hoodoos. They are, some of them are cone-shaped because you've got this protective rock on top and then the land underneath it is cone-shaped. And or sometimes they're like pillars. If it really gets eroded away, they're like pillars of rock wow. with oh the stone goodness. on top. Sometimes they look like abstract figures. I have to say some of them are incredibly phallic um, because that's just the way the rock has eroded. Um, And the colors are like a lot of gray rock with hints of mossy green or those dull browns. The peak, the harder rock is often uh, a little bit darker than the structure beneath. But then at sunset or at sunrise, when the sun's coming straight across the the kind of desert plain horizon, um, the colors become almost golden, these terracotta reds. And that's where you really get the the, the, the super rich colors. It, it, it's it's just a, a, a really surreal, magical landscape. Um, how is this landscape, because this is a lot of work of nature, 
right? So yeah. how are the people utilizing this uniqueness and in their worlds uh, in their everyday lives? I mean, it's just amazing. So, I mean, these rock formations, I mean, they're not just whimsical. Um, because they're everywhere and because this is a land that's been inhabited by people for a very, very long time mm -hmm. um, and the rock is so soft, people figured out that you could carve it relatively easily. And so sometime around like the fourth century, people started carving small caves and then later full homes out of these wow. rocks. My so goodness. In, in oh, some man. places in the desert, you find these like these rock walls that have been carved with like several small caves and then long rows of caves and they end up looking like like cave motels um <laughs> with all these like <laughs> niches carved into the rock rock wall or then you'll get a huge cone that's several stories tall and people will turn that into a single massive home with lots of different rooms carved into it rooms that lead to other rooms staircases carved in in some cases and you can you can find if you go out into the desert either uh, uh on a uh, you know in a on a van tour or i i got to ride a camel into the desert um you can find these little villages of conicals like stone buildings that like this it looks like fantastic mansions right from the flintstones um Good yeah they're, they're really something <laughs> oh now in your research about it, because I know you did that little bit of what the heck are these or why should I go yeah. check these? Or, well, yeah. um, any idea what they estimate kind of tools they carved them with? Obviously, some kind of rock tool, I'm assuming rock heavier or harder rock. But I wonder how long it would take. You know, well, in, that's in it. theory, how soft was this? Right. Yeah, and I mean, protective it, it, against rain, like uh, eventually your house would wear away. But I guess not if you're still finding them today. Well, that's it. They they do erode uh, and they erode slowly over time. But, uh, you know, if if you if you take the time, you got a hard tool. Again, I think I think you're right, Kelly, probably it's like hard stone to begin with carving that out. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it, it would take a while, but I mean, not as long as building, perhaps like no. what, what are your building uh, tools? What other opportunities do you have in the region? And I can tell you in, in the town that we stayed in that's close to this this landscape, Gorame, many of these these carved out rock structures are are in town. And and when I was there in the 1990s. Even as a backpacker, I could afford to rent a room in one of these hotels that was basically made out of carved out stone. Yeah. And so I had a room that was like, there was a big thick wooden door installed in a carved out stone doorway. And then the bed platform was was solid rock. So, I mean, imagine you carve out a room and then you decide, oh, that's where the bed's going to be. I just won't carve that part. So the bed oh, platform man. is just built into oh the floor. Into the wall, into the like wall. it's part of the room. Yeah, it's it just to be part of the room. a Flintstone bed. Right? Yeah, it truly is. And then, you, oh yeah, we want a bookshelf over here, so we'll carve a little bit more. And so that's how the bookshelf got put in. And I remember getting in there with my, you know, just pulling a flashlight out of my pocket and scraping the butt end of the flashlight against the wall. Just to like not not carving my name in or anything, but just how soft is this? And yeah, you could you could you could chip away at that. So I imagine with some dedication, clearly, and and you know some of these spaces are 
are, are are absolutely gorgeous and 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 turned into into religious buildings, churches and whatnot, mosques and 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 there are painted ceilings, um, uh, the frescoes on the walls and ceilings. So people have been using these spaces. For I was a just going to ask you, and I was wondering if some of them are actually legitimate places now that are open for business that people mm. could, they could have put some lighting in or whatever and use for yeah. certain ceremonies. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of the religious, like the buildings that are still, uh, um, uh, the, you know, that have been painted and, and are used for religious services, I think a lot of those buildings are still in operation. I don't know if a, a backpacker could still go on a backpacker budget and get a room. I think a lot right. of the hotel rooms are like... Inflation. No, they're they're Instagram gorgeous. These are high end mm. experiences now. Well, they know what they're working yeah. with, and um, I'm I'm wondering about like, do we know how much of the the electricity or the plumbing or any of that was taken into consideration or is taken into consideration now? Like, obviously, this is first of all, is this a typical way of building in this part of <laughs> yeah. Turkey? I mean, in in the region when you when you get way out into the desert and you're seeing these these little villages, those aren't inhabited anymore. Those mm. are mostly it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site, I believe. Like it's mostly for tours. It's a national park, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, so you go out there and you and you can experience those uh, the hoodoos, the fairy chimneys, and whatnot. In town, where some of those buildings are kind of have been absorbed into the growing town, they have plumbing attached okay. and they have lighting attached. But you can't. It's not like you can bury the 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 plumbing in the walls, or you can bury exactly. the wiring no. in the walls. Right. It's exactly. kind of got to be stuck onto the outside, uh, and, and and you know you just have to make do. And and that that's certainly what I remember it being like. 30 some odd years ago cables uh you know running along the wall to the light overhead and the shared bathroom was kind of out the door mm. and then there was a, a built-on you know proper bathroom that was built onto the outside of the building uh as it were yeah it was a yeah you have to get creative if you're if you're oh, gonna yeah. inhabit a cave and they became right? a like little. a public space right more yeah, than exactly. anything, and you know, like you said, maybe people have places they will stay in the other individual ones, the ones that are like the motel. But that is that rough, and like you say, Instagram. This is something cool, a unique experience, and expensive. Do you remember yeah, yeah. JJ the scent of being in place, spaces like this, or the sound, uh, or just like the overall kind of energy of it? When you say cave, I immediately think dampness, but obviously that may not be accurate at all. Especially yeah, there, a, a, it may be dry. Yeah, enough. that's it. I remember it being quite yeah. dry in mm -hmm. a lot of places. Wow. Um, but then when you'd get into the rooms, like in in the hotel rooms, for example, then you get a different kind of scent, which is because of the carpets. Like there's a lot of a lot of a rug and carpet that's woven in the area, and so you would th then you get that woolly scent of the right. carpet that's mixed with the dry dust of the stone, and and for me and and. And the carpets as well are a very similar kind of color palette. Those deep reds, those oranges, those golden colors. Uh, and, and so those colors, that scent, uh, the bedspread, I remember being on that bed was it felt like a carpet to me, like mm. it was just this really big, heavy knit carpet. And so that for me, that was a smell. It was a dry smell, but with that really earthy animal woolly carpet. Oh, 
so vivid. Wow. I just, I can feel it. And I know exactly what you're saying. The difference of the carpet, the difference of, of the bed cover. Um, you have, oh, sorry, you have a story about shopping, speaking of carpets, for a Turkish carpet. Do you want to share it? Yeah, I so I really enjoyed it. When I was visiting, I was straight out of theater school, and I loved the theatrics of going and buying a carpet in a store in Turkey because there's a, like there's a whole experience to it. How you get pulled into the store, being served a cup of tea in a tiny little like this uh, this little beaker like the sensual beaker of a of a teacup, and then sitting down and having uh, like a helper in the carpet shop just very casually lay out carpets in front of you as if like. You know, no, you know, it's no more of of a busy day than if they were, you know, uh, folding laundry, and and they would unfold these carpets and they'd start telling stories that, about what was on the carpets. This row of triangle shapes here; these represent mountains, and this row of shape, th these represent camel caravans, and and then these are, represent the evil eye, and these mm. represent. And I loved the storytelling. I loved the theatrics. And of course, my my girlfriend and I at the time we were just out of theater school. We had a whole code system set up for like, did we like the carpet? We would say it's all right. Oh, nice. But if we wanted the other person to get us out, we'd say maybe. And that was a sign for them to say we got to leave. And we had this whole system set up. <laughs> and in the end, I did buy a carpet um, that was one that was three different kinds of carpets rolled into one. Um, the kind of carpet that you would find actually used draped over the back of a camel. And I believe we have a photo of me sitting on a camel um going into the uh, going into the desert and if you can imagine the carpet kind of draped over the back of a camel and then folded <laughs> back up on itself the softest part of the of the bag is is a uh, is there to protect the the camel that that's a like that's actually rubbing against the camel the toughest part is right where the wooden and leather saddle sits on top and then once that carpet bag has been used for many many years so the salesperson told me they unfold it, they stitch it all back together again so you can get one single carpet that can be sold to a grubby backpacker uh, who's oh, looking uh, for a souvenir. Uh, 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 and doesn't mind the scent. That's right. And is happy to yeah. have that scent stay with them forever. That is oh, so man. lovely. These experiences are so interesting to hear about. Um, we have other pictures. I'm not sure if we uh, know what we have next, but... Do you want to describe uh, some of the other kind of photographic moments you had in this part? Yeah, of I think there's one other photo that we haven't brought up, which is me sitting outside the carpet shop um, after we bought the carpet, uh, the the carpet uh, salesperson said, let me get you a sandwich. I guess I'd overpaid for the carpet. So he bought us a couple of these giant meat sandwiches and sat me down on a couple of carpet pillows. And so that's me in this picture is me uh, with a same shaggy hair, same shaggy beard, uh, a little bit more brown than gray back then. Mm. Uh, and with an evil eye necklace hanging around my neck, right? <laughs> now he does. Yeah. Quick That's, silver. Now I'm all silver. silver. That's yeah, right. Now he's quick silver. Uh, what was the sandwich? <laughs> what kind of sandwich? Meat. Say meat. All what, meat. What I don't even. Oh, it's just glorious. He, doesn't know. I was, he I left was it alone. Like he didn't say what's in, in here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, JJ, this is such, so beautiful. It's so um, fun. Yeah, and and I, again, we could go on for ages with these images, with the thoughts, and 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 thank you for sharing as usual. We always look forward to the segment and look forward to what you bring to us next month in in any capacity. Um, so vivid, enjoy the thoughts of those fall colors that take you back. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you again soon.
You betcha, sir. Join our travel chats with JJ Hunt on the third Wednesday of the month. Always a really good time, as you can tell. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.